Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Are you a football fan looking for the latest analysis and news on the Jacksonville Jaguars? You're in the right place. Black and deal, baby. Welcome to the Gen Jag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Move those chains. Here's your host, Jordan. What up, Duval? Welcome to the 62nd episode of the Gen Jag Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan DeLugo, joined as always by my co-host, Scott Klein. Hunter Evans, our third co-host, is not with us today. He had some family matters to attend to, but we'll forgive him for that one day. You can follow Scott Klein on Twitter, at ScottKlein1. He has all your latest Texas football hot takes. And uh, and uh, he covers the Jaguars very closely, as do I. You can follow myself, at Jordan DeLugo, on Twitter. Follow Generation Jaguar, at Generation Jag, on Twitter and on Facebook and Instagram, at Generation Jaguar. We've got a packed episode today. Uh, it's been almost three weeks since we got together to talk Jaguars football and put together a podcast for the good people of Jacksonville. We apologize, but we did have some uh, some different scenarios came up, made it difficult for us to get together, and it's the off season. Dead period is upon us, even though there's still news coming out all the time, but NFL offseason really gets hot and heavy once you get into March. Uh, you get free agency, you get the draft in the end of April, and then after that you get into all your actual rookie OTAs and your OTAs, mini camps, all that fun stuff. So yeah, this this for for whatever reason this year, the dead period really has felt like a dead period to me. Like it's in years past, I was just. Constantly looking at mock drafts, going through like the free agency and draft simulators, just like scheming out what's going to happen and what could possibly happen in this year. It's just, I think it's just, I wasn't just desperately waiting for the offseason throughout the year. Right. And now yeah, we it's didn't like, want the season to end this year. Yeah. In years past, it's been like, get us the hell out of this miserable season. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the offseason so we can focus on making this team better. 
now we don't necessarily need to worry about making the team too much better, but keeping some pieces in place and improving in certain areas, but not, you know, entire overhaul of the roster type thing where you're bringing in multiple mm-hmm. huge free agents and trying to get, you know, square away your top five draft picks, make sure you're drafting the right guy. Not, not saying there's nothing to be excited about, because we could right. make some splashes. And I have been the opposite of you this offseason. <laughs> I've just been as into it as ever. Uh, I think, you know, just getting to know more of these draft prospects is really fun for me. And also getting to know some of the free agency prospects um, and just seeing so many different options for the Jaguars this offseason. I really do think they could go so many different ways with what they try to do free agency and then how do they complement... Uh, their free agency class with their draft class, and how does that all work out in terms of are they adding starters to their roster? Uh, you'd probably like to see that at a couple different spots. But yeah, I've been hot and heavy into the draft and free agency. I do think free agency, for me, free agency has been less less attractive this year than it has been in years past, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Because I just don't think the Jaguars are going to be making the splash moves. Yeah. You might see a move that surprises you. But other, I mean, I don't really see them making too many splash for agency signings. Whereas the last four or five years, it's been the complete opposite of that. The draft, however, they still have six draft picks. So they are going to be getting guys that need to be foundational pieces moving forward. Oh, yeah. So uh, that, to me, is more more important and exciting than free agency this year. But they still could do some stuff in free agency. We'll get into some of that. Uh, we will get into the Jaguars' five roster moves that they made on Tuesday. Uh, Jaguars' new uniforms, we'll talk about those a little bit. We will talk about the name change over at Everbank Field. We will update you on Allen Robinson. What's going on with him? The... Um, Franchise tag window opened yesterday, so we'll take a look at what's going on with A-Rob, the Jaguars' best receiver by far. Uh, Jarvis Landry franchise tag, we'll look at how that might impact the Jaguars' offseason plans at wide receiver. Um, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, they both have their mock draft 2.0 out. We'll get into those. We'll look at some NFL.com mock drafts. Uh, Jalen Ramsey had a little bit to say about Allen Robinson and Lamar Jackson. Some interesting comments. And the Jaguars' odds of landing Kirk Cousins, we'll talk about that. And we'll also talk about A.J. McCarron, who last week uh, just won his grievance against the Bengals, and he's set to be a free agent as well. So we've got a lot to talk about. I'm excited. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just lo- actually just looking at the NFL calendar. We're about three weeks out from free agency. Yeah, March 14th. Yeah. It starts in earnest, but of course... There's the legal tampering a couple days before. Well, the legal tampering period, I feel like, is just any time after the end of the season <laughs> yeah. now at this point. I True. mean, you know, the whole deal with uh, with getting Alex Smith for the Redskins and, uh, you know, I feel like there has to be some tampering going on yeah. with these things. <laughs> and who knows, but I think teams are behind the scenes definitely talking uh, oh, about this right now. And a lot of that business, too, will go down at the Combine at the, mm-hmm. uh, at the uh, what day is that in March? Uh, twenty. Uh, actually, it starts on here. It says it starts February 27th. Oh, February 27th. Excuse me. So, yeah. 
So at the end of February, you'll be getting some probably interesting deals going on. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear some rumblings of things that might be coming down the pipe. <laughs> yeah. So let's start with the Jaguars' five roster moves. They picked up their option on Mercedes Lewis, which will cost a little under $4 million for the year. Uh, pretty easy decision, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. All, three, all three players that they decided to pick up their options, in my opinion, were easy decisions. Which was Mercedes Lewis for a little under $4 million, <laughs> Tyler Shatley for under a million, and Josh Wells for under a million. All three players have no dead cap, pretty much. Yeah. So they can cut them later on in the offseason. So it makes sense, at the very least, to bring them back to camp. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because holding on to them longer doesn't hurt you at all if you decide to part ways with them. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about numbers that are less than, even for Mercedes, not even $4 million. I do think he will be on the roster. Right, but next like year. I, do, I do too. But I'm just saying, if they were to cut him, they yeah, wouldn't even be on the exactly. for the four million. Yeah, so and it's then, it's just it's a no brainer. Yeah, at least bring him back. See, you know what what he's got left in the tank. And then the other two guys, they're obviously guys that have been around. You like them, and they're so cheap. Just to have guys in the building that you are comfortable with. Um, who knows what might change? There might be some new faces in that offensive line. We sure hope so. <laughs> yeah, we would definitely like to see, you know, for me, some interior linemen mm-hmm. added to the mix. But I do think Josh Wells and Tyler Shatley, now they're both getting into the middle of their careers. They're both great backups because they have the talent you like, versatility you like. Mm-hmm. Tyler Shatley, you can see playing any position on the interior offensive line. Josh Wells had to play both tackle positions last year. Both of these guys got a lot of experience, and they've been, you know, they've been guys that the coaches have liked since they've arrived in yeah. Jacksonville. So good guys, Mercedes Lewis. What's the name of your offense? Running the ball in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Mercedes Lewis helps you do that. He's easily one of the best blocking tight ends in football, and uh, he'll be around for another year. The longest tenured Jaguar. I think it'll be his thirteenth season. Wow, <laughs> pretty awesome for him. And, you know, he caught five touchdown passes last yeah. year. Three of them against Baltimore, obviously. But it's people act as if he doesn't do anything for your passing game. He will, on occasion, really help you out. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, so, they've shown that they, they like th- occasionally throwing that little tight end screen, mm-hmm. watching him trying to get up into the open field <laughs> and start. He actually usually works a couple more people. often than it doesn't yeah. for some reason. <laughs> Probably just because teams aren't expecting exactly. it. Exactly. But... So, good to see all three of those guys back. They did decline options on Aurelius Ben and Michael Rivera. Aurelius Ben is really not an effective receiver. Uh, he missed a lot of 2017, nine game, or seven games, I believe. Uh, he's had a long uh, history of injury problems. And when he was healthy, he... Obviously, wasn't an impact receiver, but he had less of an impact, too, on special teams than he had had in years past. In years past, he'd been, like, the Jaguars' best uh, gunner, basically, getting down and covering punts and kickoffs. Michael Rivera never got to see him suit up in a Jaguar uniform. He was signed last offseason. They didn't pick up his option yesterday, and... uh, He's a guy that you thought might be that type of tight end that could stretch the field a little bit, get more involved in the passing game. Unfortunately, injuries hit for him. 
last year during training camp, and he was never able to get on the field. Both of those guys are gone, and both of those guys would have had more significant um, dead cap money than the three guys they decided to pick up their options. So I think that does have a factor into mm-hmm. it. Like Michael Rivera and Aureli spend both of them, their dead cap would have been around a million. So if they decide to keep these guys on, and then they decide after training camp they don't want them, they're on the hook for that yeah. million bucks, which isn't a ton. But you're talking about two million bucks that could have an impact on oh, yeah. contract situations with other players. Yeah, it's it's not like in years past where we've been the number one in salary cap space. Right. We do have some wiggle room. There's wiggle room for certain, but you need to be a little more frugal. And if you yeah. don't think Rivera and Ben are adding much and you don't think they have a good shot at making the roster, it's good to go ahead and just nip that in the bud now. Mm-hmm. And they could bring these guys back in free agency. It seems unlikely to me. But it is possible. So, yeah, five roster moves. Mercedes Lewis, Tyler Shatley, Josh Wells all sticking around for 2018. And Aurelius Ben and Michael Rivera will be hitting free agency. Uh, Jaguars uniforms, they they came out with the official news on it last week when Mark, Mark Lamping, the president of the team, kind of went on a little local media tour. He talked about the uniforms, what they're going to be like. And they're supposed to be more traditional than what we had the last five years, which I think is exciting if that means they'll be more similar to what the Jaguars had early 2000s to yeah. mid 2000s. Those were a lot a lot cleaner of a look in my mm-hmm. opinion and just more memorable. I think the new uniforms kind of blend in with a bunch of new uniforms that are just very modern and edgy. Yeah. I think if they would have just stuck with those old uniforms mm-hmm. and not switched to the middle ones where you had the teal jerseys and the Teal sparkles in your yeah. in your helmets. They would have been good, but we'll see what they come up with. I'm on I'm on board for a more traditional look. Yeah, and it's always there's always two trains of thought. There's the the Chiefs who have had the same stuff for their entire yeah, run. basic, or there's the Seahawks who really radically radically modernized it. Mm-hmm. There's people in both camps. Obviously, the more traditional is for the older supposedly older generation i like it i mean build go back to your roots build it yeah, and i think you associate it with winning more. yeah just because oh, yeah. like uh, a lot of the good teams and jaguars history certainly had those older style uniforms yeah. i still i just associate dominant teams like even on the college football level like you see just the old school mm-hmm. design like yeah Florida has had the same uniforms forever, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, Ohio State, there's little modernizations in the uniforms, but some of these big programs, I just associate traditional-style uniforms with really being excellent. And whenever I think of the Jaguars in their heyday, I just think of the night games in all black. Oh, yeah. And just John Henderson, Marcus Stroud just being animals. So it, it, it would really hit me right in a nostalgia bone. Yeah, and I think, you know, nostalgia, playing on that and marketing and your business right yeah. now is huge. Oh, yeah. uh, you see that all over the place. Stranger Things, mm-hmm. several other modern shows. I mean, It, the movie, that had all sorts of mm-hmm. 80s nostalgia. We're not going back to the 80s with the Jaguars. They weren't around back then. But, you know, getting back to the more traditional feel, I think, is a good call. Now, 
Switching the name from Everbank to TIA, TIAA Bank Field. Again, I can't even say it straight. <laughs> yeah. Bottom line for me, it's still the bank. Yeah. That's all that matters to me. I'm never going to be saying TIAA Bank I'm going to call in it a sentence. Tia. Tia. Hey, Tia. We're coming over. <laughs> Unless I'm talking about never saying it. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm never going to say it. I'm just going to say the bank because uh, it is tough to say. But it's good that it's at least still the bank. Oh, yeah. We didn't completely switch the name up. So now you get to keep saying the bank. You don't have to find up some new nickname for it. It can still just be the bank. Yeah. Which works for me. And it's it's nice to have something that works well with obviously even for us pre like just previous branding yeah. with lockdown the bank and stuff exactly but just being able to have like like new era field what do you call that oh we got to go down a new era field it doesn't have the same the like era <laughs> yeah it doesn't yeah, have the same nothing. like the bank you know it's got a nickname it's got some it's got some swagger to it you know you got. You you know what you're talking about. Yeah, no doubt about it. I love having the bank, and I'm happy we'll continue to have that. And TIAA purchased EverBank last year, which that's where the name change came from. But I'm glad it's not TIAA Cref. It's TIAA <laughs> yeah. Bank now. Thank God they changed they changed their company name. So TIAA Bank, aka the bank, no tarps in 2018. Yeah. Uh, that came out last week as well. There will be no more tarps in the bank. <laughs> I wanted to say Everbank for a second. But yeah, there will be no more tarps. So you'll see all the sections up in the 400s they, available. This is the time to end all those damn jokes. It's up to us. Fans got to show up. I mean, I think there's no question they will next year. Yeah. They should. Yeah, There's no reason. Mark Lamping said last week, at that point uh, in the offseason last year, they had had 700 new uh, tick, season ticket sales, and yeah. last week they had, at the same point, had 5,000, wow. over 5,000. Yeah. So there's clearly a bigger interest. Shows you what winning does. <laughs> it's all about winning, baby. Yeah. Now, Allen Robinson, speaking of winning, the Jaguars would really like to have him around in the future, mm-hmm. we think. At least Jaguars fans. I would hope so. Uh, He's coming off an ACL tear. Didn't get to play really at all in the 2017 season. He only got to play three downs in the first game of the season. He wants a long-term deal. Uh, I think he believes he is a top-flight wide receiver in the NFL and should be paid as such. I think the Jaguars might have more reservations. He's got an injury history. He missed six games his rookie year. He missed almost all the games last year. And yes, he did have a monster 2015, but is he a true number one? I I always, in my, in my heart, I go, yes. He's the guy. you got to pay him. But I always, the injuries, which I, injuries happen in football. A guy, I mean, there's a guy, Fragile Fred was right. labeled. When he, early on he struggled, but then nothing happened. So injuries, they can come and go. You don't want to see them, but it's a part of the game. For me, it's not like it's getting the same injury over and over. Exactly. Again. To me, the bigger concern is the 2016 season. I know that the entire offense struggled, but there were just points where him, he, his play, his own play, just 
the way he was going out and playing football was just not good. You're right. For me, his offseason leading into last season, 2017, really kind of negated those feelings that I thought he might not be a real legit Mm -hmm. legit number one type guy. Because he looked like the best player on the field most of the time last year going into the season. And in, in, and I fully believe in the guy. I mean, I, w- I would try and lock him down on a long-term deal today. Obviously, there's a lot of things Maybe. going up with free, free agency, and you might have to franchise him and work on that. But it's just it's, it's, it's in my head nagging at me. And I'm just like, yeah, but what about that one, that one year that was not so great? That's fair. And, you know, that might be part of the Jaguars' rationale, mm-hmm. too, and why they haven't locked him up yet. The franchise tag period just opened yesterday. There's only been one player franchise tag, to my knowledge, which is Jarvis Landry. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, But um, I just think that he's a guy the Jaguars need to lock up because of the fact that they don't have anyone else on their roster that looks like a true number one right now. And are going to most likely lose... The other two guys that right. came in. You're probably going to use Mar- lose Marquise Lee. You could lose Alan Hearns depending on what they think. Maybe they could try to restructure Alan Hearns' deal because he's making way too much money. Oh, yeah. But Marquise Lee's probably gone. But let's go ahead and take a look at what Alan Robinson had to say on Sirius XM NFL Radio last week when he, he joined uh, NFL Radio. He said, every team across the league knows what I'm capable of. So that's not really an issue, referencing his injuries. It's not one of those things where it happened at the end of the year. I'll be cleared well before the season starts and well before training camp. So his injury recovery is going well. Mm -hmm. Uh, He believes, and I think he's accurate in thinking that a lot of teams out there would be really happy to get their hands on him. So I think this is a thing where the Jaguars just absolutely cannot let him hit free agency they got to franchise tag him if they can't sign him to a long-term deal. I, I don't see, unless he just fails a physical or is just medically, the knee is just not sound, which he's got plenty of time. It's in absolutely no rush. I don't see how there's a 2% chance he's gone. Yeah. you. It just it, it, would, it would absolutely blow me away if he was not a Jaguar next year. Yeah, I'm hoping you're right. I really am. Because he's, I mean, he's the only really proven receiver you've got out there. Mm-hmm. So, let's get over to Jarvis Landry, who was uh, franchise tagged yesterday by the Dolphins. It surprised a lot of people, but then reports came out later on saying, well, the Dolphins are doing this just to try to trade him. So, how does this mm-hmm. impact the Jaguars offseason plans at wide receiver? I mean... A, you can't just sign Jarvis Landry if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> you have to trade for him. He's no longer a backup plan if plan A Rob, plan a Rob falls yeah, through. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you would have to not only give up you know, the cap space to sign him to a long-term deal, you'd mm-hmm. also have to give up some form of players or picks. Yeah. Not, for, for me, Jarvis Landry is a good football player. He's just not, I wouldn't put a lot of capital into him because he's basically a possession guy. See, I mean, I think of him a little bit differently because I, I see how explosive he is after he catches the ball. Yeah. 
And I, I get that he averaged like eight yards a catch last year, but I just I see a player that would make Blake Bortles' life a lot easier. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he's a reliable guy. But to, to put so much into him yeah, it's, when you're giving him much. picks... It's too yeah. rich. I, I mean, I would give him a deal in the 10 to $12 million Yeah, exactly. Range, that's, but that's not what he's going to get. Yeah, He's going to get... Uh, if the long-term deal does happen this offseason for him, it's probably going to be, at the very least, 13. Probably closer up into the 14s, maybe mm-hmm. close to 15. And as a as a franchise tag player, if he just plays under the franchise tag... He'll get 16.2, which is the same thing A-Rob would get this year. Which is why I think it makes more sense for the Jaguars to just really try to lock down A-Rob with a long-term deal. I would be willing to fork out over $14 million a year for A-Rob. Yeah. Would you? Oh, yeah. I mean, that puts him in the upper echelon of receivers, but next offseason he'll probably be around 10 in terms of in terms of highest paid receivers. You know, I, this is a cyclical thing. To me, it's just if if you are if you're sure A Rob is a number one type receiver, he's not getting any cheaper after this year. No. And if he has a good season, he's gonna cost you more. Exactly. So I think you lock him up now. I don't know if the Jaguars are on the same page as us, because it seems like you just get this feeling of hesitation, mm-hmm. like with other players in the past, they've locked them up so quickly. And with with a guy like A-Rob, who you can franchise and continue negotiating with, it could be something where, okay, we're going to wait to see what pieces fall into place during free agency to see, hey, do we go after a guy that's going to maybe get close to $30 million a year? I don't know who that would be. But... <laughs> I think you do know who that would be. <laughs> Which would severely hinder what you would be able to do this this year. It could, I mean, it just it could be just playing it safe. Um, I'm sure A. Rob wouldn't like that very much because he would like to get a done a deal done as quick as possible. Right. Because every day that goes by is just more and more uncertainty about what your future holds. Um, but the safe play, really, financially, is franchise them if you can't come to a deal that you are perfectly okay with and then wait and see where the, all the chips fall and revisit it because the franchise deal tag isn't a done deal you can continue negotiating right and sign after that right um so to me that's what i expect to happen is a franchise tag to be put on him and then continue to work after free agency rolls, rolls through and you can really see what your team is looking like especially salary cap wise Mm-hmm. I'm with you there. Now, I forgot at the beginning of our show to bring up our wonderful sponsors. Oh, we've been enjoying them this whole time. <laughs> the one and only sponsor of the Gin Jag Podcast, Bold City Brewery. You can find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. And you can check them out on their downtown location on East Bay Street or over on Roselle Street in Riverside. They just released... And I do mean just today. Released their 1901 Roasted Red Ale in a can. It is only the fourth beer that they're canning. So, it's a big deal. 1901's been a staple over there for a while. It's exciting to have it in cans now. Uh, You'll be able to purchase them starting tomorrow, I believe. So you can go over to either of their locations and get them in a can. 
And then they'll probably be distributing in the next couple of weeks. It is very good. Yes. <laughs> As usual. We're sipping on some of that right now. We've also got another beer that we're featuring for our Pop Top segment that we'll wait a little while to do. We've both got pretty full beers of 1901 <laughs> over here. But just wanted to give Bold City Brewery a shout out. Forgot to do it at the very beginning of the episode. Again, find them online at boldcitybrewery.com. On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. Thanks to those guys who are always hooking it up with the best beers in town. Now, it is mock draft season, as most people know. And if you don't know, you should know, you should always take mock drafts with a grain of salt. They can provide good insight and analysis into what a team might do. Um, and, you know, I'm not, even my mock draft, I'm not trying to say I know what the Jaguars are going to do. I'm just saying these are possible scenarios that could make sense for the team. Uh, so, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay are ESPN's two foremost experts on the draft. They always release a bunch of mock drafts going into the season or into the uh, draft. Both of them have now released their mock draft 2.0, and both of them have the Jaguars taking a tight end. Two different tight ends, though. Todd McShay has the Jags taking Hayden Hurst. Mel Kuyper has them taking Dallas Goder. Hayden Hurst is from South Carolina. Originally drafted to play baseball, that didn't work out for him. Went back to school to play tight end uh, and, you know, rounded himself into being one of the best tight end prospects in a really deep tight end class. And then you've got Dallas Goder from South Dakota State. He just, he seems like he's that guy in every class that is clearly the best receiver. Yeah. In my opinion. He's just a receiver who got a little bit too big. Well, that's. <laughs> Not, okay, I'm not just a receiver. Yeah. I don't mean to... I kind of... I think that he actually does have potential to be a balanced mm-hmm. tight end. And I do think Hayden Hurst does as well. For me, I've been watching a lot of tape on both of them. I think Dallas Goder is a little bit more of just the natural receiver, mm-hmm. natural athlete in terms of uh, route running and being more of a twitchy athlete, real good quickness for a big guy. Hayden Hurst is a little bit more lumbering. He's not unathletic by any means, though. I mean, you see the the uh, Gamecocks in college running uh, tight end reverses with him and running him out of the backfield, getting him involved in all sorts of uh, unconventional ways, and he does well in those situations. And he has very strong hands. He uh, makes tons of contested catches. He's already proven he can block well. So both of those guys, I do believe, would be pretty damn good targets for the Jaguars in the first round. You pair them with Mercedes Lewis for their first year or two, and then you uh, take the reins off after that and just let either of those guys be your number one tight end and be out there you know, the majority of the time. And with a guy like this, um, it, I'm just thinking about it now, it opens up the opportunity... To where, let's say you don't address the wide receivers as heavily, and you go into it with Allen Robinson, Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook, maybe a later round rookie, or you know, a or or a cheaper free agent. Yeah. yeah, it could open up to where you could, or put, even Allen Hearns. I mean, there's yeah. no guarantee they're going to cut him. Ah, uh, yeah. Everybody kind of has jumped on this bandwagon that yeah. they're going to, including myself, because I think it makes sense. But I do think. You know, a contract restructure makes sense as well. Because yeah. if you're Alan Hearns, you got to go out there and think, 
am I going to make more than what the Jaguars are willing to offer me in free mm-hmm. agency? I don't know if he would. I mean, if the Jaguars want to cut him down to like five million a year, I think that's very good value for both sides. Yeah, and he's already gotten the two big years out of this deal already. Yeah, that he got two years ago, and he should understand that he hasn't performed to what his contract. And, and he would say that himself. Yeah. I'm so, sure. but yeah, for but going back to uh, to, to my point was putting a guy like that. Where you could split him out wide, not out wide, but move him. Well, off Hurst the line. or Goder, yeah, both of Either them one. I think could play, you know, wide receiver, not, not, could, yeah. not in the slot, but like legit lining up out wide. And yeah. I've seen Hayden Hurst do it multiple times, and gosh, you get him outside, and this isn't really as a receiving threat, but seeing him go outside, I believe it was South Carolina against Michigan. They had him line up as a wide receiver on the far right mm-hmm. outside. And when they have that going on and they're doing running plays, yeah. he gets after a cornerback. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. It is such a mismatch. It's so fun to watch for Hayden Hurst getting out there yeah. just manhandling defensive backs. I, I would just I would love to have a guy that you feel comfortable putting out wide who can make the plays, who's just not out, not out there just to have the defense show their hand or whatever yeah. but to be able to create mismatches like that in in little variations of different formations is huge yeah and i i think it could help a receiving core that was so young and inexperienced last year just have one more athletic freak be out there to help make plays i'm with you there so i would personally be Absolutely fine with either of those draft picks. Uh, there is potentially more value for other tight ends later yeah. in the draft because you're not spending a first-round pick on them. But if you're getting a guy you want to be your starting tight end for the next 10 years, for Hayden Hurst it might be a little shorter since he'll be 25 once he enters uh, the 2018 NFL season. His birthday's in August. But still, I mean, there's no reason to believe he couldn't play 10 years. But either of these guys, I think, can be long-term starters at the next level and be effective not only as receivers but also as balanced blocking tight ends. Yeah. The The only thing that's a hang-up for me, like you said, is the, the value of it at the, the, the spot it's at. For a guy like O.J. Howard last year who I thought – was one of the most well-rounded tight end prospects to come out in ages. Went 19 overall. So unless these guys can be, you know, a huge impact kind of guy, it's real hard to pull the trigger. He was very well-rounded, but he was just a weird prospect because it was... I don't want to say it was all potential, but it was like you didn't actually see him dominate at the college level. You didn't see him do it. You saw games, you saw yeah. flashes, but not consistently. And a lot of people blame that on Alabama's offense. Yeah. But, I mean, at this point, who's better, him or Cameron Brake for the, the Buccaneers? I don't know. This is true. And that's exactly kind of feeds back into my point is Cameron Brake obviously wasn't a first-round pick. Right. So you can find guys. You that can, but can the make. Jaguars haven't. True. Yeah. It's just spending a first-round pick on a guy like that, 
especially at a tight end position that's not really a premier position, is really heavy price tag for me. Yeah, you could argue it's not a premier position. I I would argue it is, mm-hmm. especially for the Jaguars because they big... can be a receiving threat, like we said, and the Jaguars yeah. running game is so important. If they can do both of those, I think that's super valuable. And you look at a lot of the best teams in the NFL, they have reliable tight ends. Yeah, I mean, and it is a pretty Gronk, glaring hole. Zach Ertz, mm-hmm. Kyle Rudolph for the Vikings. I mean, if you look at all four championship teams, Jaguars are the only one that doesn't have a big-time receiving tight end. Yeah. So I think that that's definitely somewhere I would like to see them address. I could see them going in a couple different directions in the first round. We'll talk about that after we talk about these uh, next mock drafts that are from NFL.com draft analysts. Three of these analysts out of the six have the Jaguars taking Lamar Jackson in the first round. Uh, That is just... If you'd have told me that two months ago, I would have said you're crazy. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, but there's been more, more time spent on him, more tape studied, from myself included, and I don't think it's as preposterous as I once did. I still think it's a long shot. I don't know if the Jaguars want to have to design their offense around a guy that's just going to be Michael Vick out there which is what I see from Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, the accuracy is really not there. 57% completion percentage for his career in college. His wide receivers had a big part of that. He struggled with more drops than I've yeah. seen in a long time. But he was also given a lot of easy throws yeah. as well. So I think mm-hmm. that balances out. And uh, balances out to a below average NFL prospect in terms of accuracy. Yeah. But huge arm, flick of the wrist arm. Yeah. To where uh, the ball just comes out effortlessly. And when it's on, it's one of the prettiest balls you'll see in the whole draft class. Some of his deep throws are just amazing. Yeah. Just on the money. He'll be on the run, throw it deep, it'll be money. And then obviously his athleticism, I think, is unparalleled by any quarterback currently in the league. Probably only... Deshaun Watson might be the only one. I don't even think it's close, though. No. Lamar Jackson is such a better athlete and just playmaker with his legs. Which led Bill Polian to say, you know, he should just go ahead and switch to wide receiver. Okay, hold your horses, Bill. I'm not on board with that. (laughs) I believe it was Daniel Jeremiah, too, who came up out with a nice quote for... uh, Lamar Jackson to tell these teams that are telling them to yeah. switch to receiver, which was, it'll be nice playing against you. Yeah. Or I look forward to playing against yeah. you. So, uh, yeah. And Lamar Jackson actually retweeted that, or quote tweeted it. So, Lamar Jackson's paying attention to what people are saying. But oh, yeah. how would Lamar Jackson work in Jacksonville? Do you think that's possible? Do you think if it does happen, do you have any confidence that would it would work? It would be... Interesting to me to see. I think see. it'd be interesting to everyone. Well, obviously, the football this world this would just be a buzz. freak out. I mean, not even just this town. I think ESPN yeah. will be covered more next year just because of our oh, yeah. profile. But you add Lamar Jackson to the Jaguars, all of a sudden, they might be the most interesting team in the NFL. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it's I'd be interested to see. I'm not 100% convinced he's a fit for the, what the front office is looking for, especially 
Tom Coughlin. Yeah, um, I've never seen Tom Coughlin have a quarterback that is just you know almost more of a more of a threat to run than to yeah. throw. And it would be interesting to me. I know I think he'll fit in good with the current scheme that they're running, which is a lot of shotgun. But then that to me that makes me think that which I, I he I think he's I think any quarterback is capable of going under center. I don't think that's that big of a transition other than just getting the footwork down and getting the... the well, your timing. I mean, yeah. it, it can be very hard. Some quarterbacks have failed in the NFL because they couldn't do it. But it's coachable. Yeah. Um, I think Leonard Fournette is better coming out of the backfield with a head of steam. But obviously, I think he can do it all. So... Eh. I, Jaguars I, already run a lot of RPO. Yeah, they already run a lot of play action. Yeah, they they used the Blake Bortles ran quite a bit, not as much this past year as he has in years past, but as a player, dude can ball. I mean, yeah, he's a football player. My, right his highlight reel is an all time great, and just the, it's it's it was it's so fun watching him in college. I want to see. There's a lot of people that have been great in college that have been transcendent talents and have not really been able to make it work in the NFL. I'm excited to see what, no matter where he goes. I think he, I, I would love him if he came here, but I'm not 100% sold on it just this far out from the draft. Yeah. And I think if you're a Jaguar fan, like, he doesn't. Throwing the ball, his passing is probably going to be to start his career and maybe even throughout his entire career. Is he going to be a better passer than Blake Bortles? To me, when 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 I first saw that, I would be like, my first thought was, this. So, do you bring Blake back? I mean, I would. Yeah. That, that was my first reaction, Yeah, too. like, if you're drafting like, Lamar Jackson, I don't think you're drafting him to play week one. Yeah. So you, you you would bring Blake back. Yeah. But then next year would be contract year, so it would be like, okay, you have one year to sit. It's I, either, I mean, and maybe that's enough. Yeah. For a lot of guys, if they just had one year to sit, it would have helped them a lot. Yeah. I really believe that. And especially coming in from a, a system I think Blake Bortles is a guy like that. Yeah. Uh... I don't know, though. I, I, I find it fascinating to think about. I don't ultimately think the Jaguars will pull the trigger on Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Because be I surprised. think... I think this organization is definitely trying to build, not only for now, but for the future. They don't want to just go all in for now and, you know, screw the team over long term. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily think they're going to take a quarterback with the 29th overall selection because he's probably not going to help you win a Super Bowl in 2018. Especially when you think that there's potentially five quarterbacks that are going to be taken in front of him. Right. Um, I would say four, but... Yeah, a lot. I would take... I, I will say this. I would take Lamar Jackson over Mason Rudolph. Yeah. I really no, would. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, absolutely. Um... But I, I do think easily Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, and Sam Darnold are gone mm. way before Jackson. It'll be really interesting to see. Because it only takes one team 
to fall in love with this guy. Yeah. Um, could it be the Jaguars? Who knows? It'd be fan- fantastic and fascinating if that ended up playing out just because that would be amazing to cover. It would be unbelievable. You know what I mean? Just yeah. from a from our perspective, you know, reporting on the Jaguars, doing the podcast, writing about the Jaguars. Gosh, that would just be a gold mine. Think about how much swagger this team would have just as a with quarterback like that. Man. We've already seen the swagger on the defense. Leonard Fournette came in, started bringing a little bit. Yeah. But Blake Bortles has never been that kind of lead by example kind of guy. Yeah, and uh, Jalen Ramsey came out saying he believes in Lamar Jackson. Yeah. He believes Lamar Jackson can be a playoff quarterback if you put him with a good defense and a good supporting cast. I think he was hint, hint. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what team he might be talking about. And he's been very vocal about personnel moves. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he also is encouraging the Jaguars to bring back A-Rob, of course. He's been uh, pleading with the Jaguars seemingly every week. You can uh, hear some of his clips from the games just talking about, pay that man, talking about Aaron Colvin. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Lamar Jackson. I mean, I don't see it happening, but that would be an amazing, amazing offseason to cover. And as long as he's in Jacksonville, it would be a polarizing subject. Yeah, it's, it's one of those where if it's a hit, look out, NFL, for the next 10 years. Yeah. Absolutely. God. I'd like Ooh. to see him put on a little weight, too, but... Yeah. he's He looks thin. He does. So, we'll see. We'll see what happens there, but... There were three other uh, NFL.com mock drafts that are out. Uh, we've got... Daniel Jeremiah, who believes the Jaguars will take Hayden Hurst. That's become a, becoming kind of trendy. A tight end to the Jaguars of 29 is trendy. Mm. Lamar Jackson to the Jaguars of 29 is trendy. Uh, another trendy pick is getting an offensive lineman. Uh, Connor Williams is who Charlie Casserly has the Jaguars taking. He's from Texas. What are your thoughts, Texas Ooh. man? If he didn't get hurt this year, he was he was destined to be a top 10, top 15 pick. I mean, this he dude, still could be a top ten. I this, mean, not really not top ten probably, but top fifteen I could see happening. This dude can ball. When he went out, you could see it throughout the whole line. I mean, he's he was one of those dominant offensive linemen since he was a freshman that I've seen at Texas. And when you see those type of guys, which that reminds you of a Cam Robinson yeah. from Alabama, started as a freshman, they're special. Yeah, you could see it from day one. Yeah, they are a special type of cats. Uh, then we've also got Chad Reuter, who uh, is picking James Washington to the Jaguars, like I did in my first mock draft. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if James Washington will be there. I think this receiver class, there's a huge discrepancy in who, uh, which draft analysts think which receivers are the best? I mean, everybody kind of has the consensus that uh, the guy from Alabama, Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley is by far the best, and it's hard to argue with that. I saw a draft yesterday that Hunter pointed out that he, he that he was picked to come to Jacksonville at twenty. I mean, if Calvin Ridley is there at twenty nine, I think the Jaguars should run. The yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I don't think he will be. No, 
I thought that was crazy. He's easily better than every other receiver in the draft in terms of maybe not as high of upside. Right, his floor the most is really ready. high though. He's yeah. ready to ball right now, mm-hmm. and the Jaguars could use that. Six foot one, over two hundred pounds. Uh, he's just a stud. I think he could really help the Jags out. I think he would be a good compliment to Allen Robinson if Allen Robinson's back. Because Ridley's got more of the speed. Robinson's got the... Uh, jump got, man, jump man, jump man. Exactly. So <laughs> I think that'd be a good combo. And then you have D.D. Westbrook and Keelan Cole flying around. That sounds pretty good to me. But James Washington's a guy I like too. Uh, since I did my mock draft, which was a couple weeks ago, I've, I think I've leveled off my... Uh, or I've leveled out a little bit on him. I don't know if I like him as much as I originally did. Not because I don't think he's a great player, but I think there's so many other great players. And I think there's going to be a lot of good wide receivers that are available in the third and fourth round, even the second round. And he's not going to be one of those, for sure. Yeah. He'll be gone in the first or second round. There's always that There's always that feeling when you're evaluating players where you're like, wow, I really like this guy. And then you move on to the next guy, and he's like, wow, this guy's actually kind of good. Yeah. Not that you don't like the guy you watched before, but you're like, oh man, I gotta spread some love, you know? <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff out there. Now, one thing people haven't taken into account very much that what from what I've seen is the fact that the Jaguars could very well lose Aaron Coleman. Does, does corner then become like, you know, a top three round type of need? I think, I think it, it might be. I think it does. Um, there was actually a report today, I think it was Ian Rappaport said that it's unlikely that Colvin will be back and there will be a lot more suitors. Okay. I got to talk about this. I tweeted about it. He did tweet that. He got that from a pro uh, pro football talk article. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. That got that from Hayes Carline saying uh-huh. it's unlikely that <laughs> Colvin will be back. I, I have to go on a little bit of a rant now. So just because a beat writer... No disrespect to Hayes Carline or any other beat writer. But just because a beat writer says it's unlikely that a player will be back doesn't mean that a player won't be back or doesn't mean that it actually is unlikely. I think it's fair to say it could be unlikely Mm -hmm. because the Jaguars don't have as much cap room. They probably don't want to spend starting cornerback money on Aaron Colvin. Uh, Aaron Colvin probably wants to be paid like a starter. Mm-hmm. I see why you could say it's unlikely. And I do. I, I but like for then pro football talk to take yeah. that and make it seem as if it's like some sort of team source based on their headline yeah. saying Jaguars are unlikely. And then Ian Rappaport takes that. And it's just like a whole big thing. And it's like that's all just coming from Hayes Carline saying he thinks it's unlikely. Yeah. I I I, I, just, I, I just saw Ian Rappaport. Rap, I didn't dig down the hole to see exactly where it came Well, from. I saw Hayes Carline tweet that this yeah. morning. And then I saw Pro Football Talk like, tweet it, and I was like, wait a minute. Is this an actual report? So I clicked on it right there. No, they were just reporting what Hayes Carline said. I do like how Hayes will, will post an article, and it'll be like, the Jaguars will sign, should, will sign Kirk Cousins this, this, this offseason. And then he'll just... State his case as to why. Yeah. He'll go out and say... I think he goes out on a limb more than a lot of people. And, yeah. And, I mean, sometimes... I, I, not, I res- And I'm not saying that negatively. I kind of respect that because, right. I mean, you're, you're really going out there to say this is what I believe. Yeah, he'll say Not a lot of people will agree with you or even necessarily like you because you're speaking your mind. Yeah. So, I mean, 
keep doing what you're doing, Hayes. I mean, <laughs> you're doing a great job. Scott, we are already 50 minutes in. Holy smokes. It's time to do our Pop Top segment for sure. Silence while we chug our beers. <laughs> All right. We have got the Dortmunder Pale Ale from Bold City Brewery. It's called Dewey's Dortmunder German Pale Lager. Excuse me, Pale Lager, not Pale Ale. It's brewed with Steve Halford from Pinglehead Brewing, which is over in Orange Park. They're connected with uh, Brewer's Pizza. Uh, I haven't been over there, but I've heard such good things about it. So that's a combo with Bold City Brewery and Pinglehead. Uh, it's for Rod at Dewey's Pub on NAS Jack's Base. So this is going out to help support military. So that's awesome. awesome. Uh, light golden color with a medium uh, ABV. This style has a well-balanced malt and hot profile. This is according to the official description. 5% alcohol by volume. We're going to go ahead and get into it. Time for that pop top. 50 minutes in. Good grief. See, we were... Draft talk always gets away from me. Yeah. And, and, and we've been... We haven't been... I, I personally haven't been back in, in about three weeks. So it's... It's it's a lot of pressure to get released. I gotta... I gotta get talk my job. Gotta get it all out quick. I haven't done much with the wife and kids in the past couple weeks, so I gotta talk to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... Let's go ahead and give this bad boy a taste. Hmm. It's a pale lager, you say? Yeah. Hmm. I'm about it. Yeah. Drinkable. That's exactly what I was going to say. There's drinkable. Like, all these Bold City Brewery beers, like, when I say they're drinkable, they're drinkable, but they have flavor. Like, you're yeah. not drinking, like, a Coors Light or something like oh, that. Oh, that's drinkable because it goes down like water. Exactly. Nah, not ex- Hold your horses. This is a drinkable beer that has really pronounced flavors that you can really enjoy. Yeah. And it's just not overwhelmingly hoppy or anything like that. I love all the variety. About that action, that they, for sure. That they have over there. Again, that's the Dortmunder Pale Lager from Bold City Brewery. Find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. And you can go pick up 1901 Red Ale in a can for the first time ever. It's good. From one of their locations, um, East Bay Street or Roselle in Riverside. You can do that starting tomorrow, and you'll probably start seeing it around town in grocery stores, uh, uh, gas stations, what have you, in the next month couple weeks to a month. So that's really exciting. Their fourth beer that they can. So expanding the family of canning. It's always good. The more Bold City Brewery beer you can get at a gas station, the better, right? Oh, absolutely. I think we're all in support of that. (laughs) So thanks to those guys. Now, we've got a couple more things to look at before we wrap up the show today. The Jaguars have been given 12 to 1 odds by Bavada to land Kirk Cousins. They're behind the Jets, Broncos, and Cardinals, tied with the Buffalo Bills. This story's kind of lost some steam just because it's like, well, we can't really learn anything new. Until, yeah, there's not much coming out. I mean, it's come out that the Jets might be the most interested team because they might be willing to give up the most. Mm-hmm. And Cousins seems like a. 
guy that would do well in a big market. Yeah. He could handle that type of pressure. I th- I've seen numbers floated around where they might be able to offer as much as $60 million in the first year, <laughs> which is insanity. Yeah. I don't, I, that, there's no way in, in hell that happens. But looking at the teams around, who is better suited for Kirk Cousins? I mean, the only arguments you could really earnestly make, in my opinion, is Broncos. Yeah. Cardinals, I, I kind of get that. I think maybe with Kirk Cousins they could be a playoff team. But if you're a Kirk Cousins going over to Arizona, you're competing with the Seahawks next year, the 49ers, and the Rams. And the Rams. Yeah. That's uh-huh. a lot to deal with. Uh, again, the AFC South should be much improved next year too, but I think even from somebody who's biased towards the AFC South, you got to say the NFC West is a little <laughs> bit tougher. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, that'll be really interesting. 12 to 1 odds. Fourth highest odds of landing Kirk Cousins. Where do you stand on Kirk Cousins right now? What are your thoughts on the Jaguars quarterback situation? Do you want the Jaguars to try to blow out the bank for this or what? To me, they're going to set a price point. Which is what they have done on other free agents over the last few years, for sure. I don't expect this Like what they did with uh, Zeitler. Yeah. They were in it, and then... Eight, the That's number a threshold. Oh, all right. Enjoy the Browns. Yeah. Enjoy Cleveland. <laughs> hope I hope you win a game in the next four years. <laughs> but to me, it's they're going to set a price point. They're going to. It's going to be competitive, but it's not going to be one of those record-breaking, world-shattering deals that some other guys have gotten. Um, we'll see if he means what he says. I mean, he said he's earned. Almost $60 million in the last two years. Yeah, he said it's all about winning. It's we'll all see. about winning. We'll see. But it, you can, you, it can be all about winning, but you still have to value yourself to a certain extent. And he has every right to do so. Mm-hmm. So to me, if we can somehow get our magic number to match up close enough to his, I don't see a spot in the NFL more suited for a quarterback. I think almost everyone around the league would agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I think they should do everything they can to sign Kirk Cousins and then do everything they can in the draft to make this offense better Mm -hmm. and then roll into the 2018 season with Kirk Cousins, an improved offensive line, Leonard Fournette behind you, Tommy Bohannon blocking for him, Allen Robinson, a rookie wide receiver in the top couple rounds, a rookie tight end in the top couple rounds, Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook, maybe Alan Hearns, if you can get him to lower that number. And I think you're looking sexy right there. You're one. You're absolutely should you're be the favorite o- in the Apes. I mean, you're not only a, a top three defense that, at that point. You're now looking at an offense that should easily be top ten. And in terms of numbers, last year they were a top ten offense. We all know they actually weren't. Yeah. At, I mean... At times, they certainly were. You know, they went out and just put up buku points against the Steelers twice, the Ravens, the Colts twice. Even the Seahawks. They put up huge points against the Seahawks. They put up points against the Texans. So, like, they had their games, but then they had other games where you're like, this offense sucks. The Browns game really sticks out to where... Eh, it was also terrible weather conditions. I don't care. I'm with you. <laughs> There's games. Like, I mean, Cardinals, that was disappointing. Yeah. Jets. Jets was awful. Um, 
Against the Steelers the first time, Bortles didn't have to do anything. Titans both times. Yeah, Titans both times. They really got after him. So, like, yes, this offense needs to improve. It can be a Super Bowl. I think if you just took the Jaguars offense with it, and if it was how we just depicted it, Kirk Cousins, Allen Robinson, the rest of the crew, improved offensive line, that's the type of offense that might carry some teams to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like... Without a good defense, with an average defense, you put our defense together with that, you're looking at a complete team that really should be a favorite to win. And it's sustainable. We're the third youngest team in the league. Yeah, they're yeah one of the youngest teams, like you said. And last year they had the third most rookies. I'm sorry, that's 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 the number okay. I was looking for. So yeah, they had the third most rookies. Uh, Third most snaps by rookies in 2017. The Jaguars did. And that doesn't... They didn't even expect that rookie class to have nearly that many snaps. I mean, but you look at Cam Robinson ended up winning the starting job. Leonard Fournette, you knew, would get a lot of snaps. Mm -hmm. But you also look at Blair Brown got snaps in. Dwayne Smoot got snaps in. Uh, There's Didi and Colt Keeling Cole. Those guys. Those are guys that played pretty well down the stretch and will now be able to grow into themselves. So, And then, that's not even including all the other young players. Telvin Smith is still young. Miles Jack is young. Jalen Ramsey is young. A.J. Boye is only 27. Uh, I mean, Unique Ngakwe and Dante Fowler, they're both really young. This is a young football team, so it's exciting. Let's go, just, just go play now. Yeah. We just God, skipped to September. Hey, uh, the whole talk about the dead period, I need, this is what I needed. I needed to get back on the podcast to talk about it because I'm amped, dude. Yeah. I'm so excited. So, um, last topic of the day is AJ McCarron. Do you think, regardless of money, would if you were a GM, or if you were the Jaguar GM, or executive vice president, president of football operations would you just take aj mccarron or blake bortles straight up i would take blake bortles i would as well i don't think aj mccarron's shown you enough i mean i would take him as a backup over chad henny in a heartbeat right and that's the issue like in a perfect world you could just keep bortles and also sign mccarron but i think mccarron's gonna be he's gonna get an opportunity somewhere i think he's gonna get 15 million a year that's Minimum. nuts Mike Glennon got to, uh, fourteen million. Yeah, Mike Glennon. That's, yeah, quarterback. The quarterback market. Granted, the Bears mode were like desperate, but like fourteen million for Mike Glennon. I mean, if you're comparing them, Mike Glennon and AJ McCarron. But at least Glennon had starting experience. McCarron has started five games. Uh, he's played in a playoff game. Most of his stats are impressive, and basically you're just looking at potential with him. Yeah. You think that he has shown the potential to be a starter. A lot of NFL GMs do. But, I mean, Bortles has shown you he can start for a whole season and play pretty well and then be an absolute stud in the last two games of the playoffs. That's, that's a tough debate, but, I mean, I think if you're going to pay McCarron... 14 or 15 million, or Bortles 19 million, I think you're going to go with Bortles. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. And I think the Jaguars would definitely think that. Absolutely. Because they already kind of like the guy. Yeah. <laughs> they like him a little <laughs> bit, I would say. 
So uh, that is going to pretty much do it for the show. Scott, before we go, there. an interesting move was made that kind of caught my eye. Josh Sitton, I think his name was Josh. Yes. Okay, so we can talk about that Very real quick. Very interesting. There's going to be a few guards on the market that would definitely be an upgrade, in my opinion, for the Jaguars. You've got Josh Shitton, like you said, who the Bears signed last year. Uh, they decided not to pick up his option, so now he hits free agency. You've got um, Norwell from Carolina, who was one of the highest-rated guards by Pro Football Focus in the NFL last year. He's set to be a free agent. And you've also got Justin Pugh. Who yeah. played at right tackle last year didn't play very well, but when he's played at guard in his career, was it the Giants. Yeah, yeah. But when he's played at guard during his career, he's been one of the best guards in football. Mm. I mean, that's three guys right there. You... And they're not going to get Zealer money, so they're you not should going feel to. Good. I think Josh Shitton or Norwell, one of those two is going to set the market. Yeah, probably between eight to ten million. That's a lot. It is a lot. And but if Justin Pugh's coming in at like six or seven, yeah, I say, say la vie, Alan Hearns. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That it's even a straight up trade. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I would definitely do something like that if I was the Jaguars. Because I, if I was in a, my perfect world for the Jaguars next season, neither Patrick Romame or AJ Can are starting. Yeah, if one of them's starting, I want it to be Patrick Romame, but he's not under contract. The Jaguars, at this point, it looks like they're going to let him hit free agency. Yeah. So, if if you're getting rid of both of those guys, I think you're absolutely signing a guard. Justin Pugh, I think, would make the most sense, probably money-wise. Uh, but if if uh, Sitton or Norwell are both, you know, maybe $8 million, gotta look at that. Yeah. I mean, if they're... That's almost, it's, again, a straight-up trade for Alan Hearns, money-wise. Um, and then I think at that point, you definitely got to go get a guard in the draft okay. early on. Yeah. So we'll see how it all plays out. It's been a lot of fun talking about it today. We'll continue to talk about this. Uh, I, I guess we'll probably talk more about cornerbacks soon because of the Aaron Colvin situation. Maybe dive a little bit deeper into some potential free agents and draft picks we like and obviously we'll continue to cover the Allen robinson situation and the rest of the jaguars potential free agents so uh yeah that's gonna do it for our show today it's been fun it's uh been a while like we said we had a two-week hiatus so it's fun to be back sad that we didn't have hunter especially on the day that we were able to get 1901 yeah, red ale cans because that's his favorite bolt city brewery beer i i, I sent him a text him a picture of it I was like, we're pouring one out for you. Poor Hunter. <laughs> if you guys would like to commiserate with Hunter or give him some crap for not being here, you can follow him at Coach H underscore Evans. Follow Scott Klein at Scott Klein one on Twitter. You can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo. Uh, if you have the time, please follow us on SoundCloud. Please review us on iTunes. The iTunes reviews really help us. The more reviews we get, the more people see our show the more people you get to talk with about how you hated our opinions this week or how you loved them. So please review the show. We'd really appreciate it on iTunes. Uh, check out genjag.com. We have some really fun stuff coming out on the website in terms of content. Got lots of videos. Got our podcast. We've got blog posts a few times a day with all the fun different stuff going on. 
I broke down in depth what how the Jarvis Landry signing affects the Jaguars. You can check that out. Uh, a few other posts from today as well. Uh, we also have really fun merchandise on our website. The 904 snapback hat just returned to the website. Yes. We still have several of those available um, at a discounted rate if you use the promo code 904-2. That's 904-2. Uh, on the website, you'll get 20% off. So you check that out, 904 Flatbill. Uh, we've still got a few Gen Jag uh, Jaguar print hats left. We've got a bunch of t-shirts going up. We've got a Patagonia-themed hat coming out soon you'll be able to check Hunter out. loves it. Yeah, it's, it's really fun. We haven't posted anything about it yet, but that'll be coming out soon. Make sure to keep an eye on that. Again, if you want to pick up a 904 hat snapback for a discounted rate, the promo code is 904-2 on the website. You'll get 20% off your order. So that's going to do it for the show. Check us out, jimjag.com. Follow Scott Klein at ScottKlein1, Jordan DeLugo at Jordan DeLugo. We'll be coming up back at you next week and hopefully every week for the rest of the year. Two weeks off was just way too much. Yeah. This is way too much fun <laughs> not, to, uh, not to come and do every week. And we appreciate all of our listeners. We really do. So shout out to you, Duval. Uh, shout out to TIAA Bankfield. Hopefully that's the last time I'll ever say that on the podcast. To you. <laughs> to you. I don't hate that. <laughs> I could probably say that while drinking some beers tea? at a tailgate. <laughs> so yeah, that's going to do it for us. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Uh, we'll come back at you next week. Hopefully we'll be reporting on Alan Robinson's new contract. Uh, we can dream, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. <laughs> This has been the 62nd episode of the Jim Jack Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Have a great weekend, Duval, and we will be back next Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to the Jim Jack Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Online at jimjack.com. Twitter at Generation Jag. Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. Block and teal all day. We'll catch you next time. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Viator.